everyone. Welcome back to Sprouting Minds. I'm joined this week by Jess and Taryn, co-founders of ELM, formerly known as Extra Lucky Moms. Jess and Taryn share how they met, all the amazing things their organization does, and the importance of being disability advocates. Make sure to keep listening to the very end because after my interview with Jess and Taryn, I'm going to share some really exciting news that has to do with ELM. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Well, I wanted to have you guys on for, for several reasons. It's been since April of 2022 since I spoke to Jess, and I know I've been following Extra Lucky Moms since I found out about you guys back then, and you guys have done incredible things and a lot of different things. And so I figured it was good to have you guys on and catch up and tell the world what you guys have been up to. Last time Jess and I spoke, you had just really started Extra Lucky Moms. You guys had come together, but you didn't have a book. You didn't have a film. You weren't doing public speaking. You weren't being yeah. a podcast guest. So it really was, I feel like, the beginning of Extra Lucky Moms. And it's just kind of, as I said back then, it's going to blow up. And it, it really has. So I figured this would be a nice way to, to catch up. Um, I don't know if you guys want to start off by just introducing yourselves. I know my audience may remember Jeff, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> Well, first of all, thank you for being such a support from the beginning and seeing, you know, the, the opportunity that we potentially could have had and um, for believing in us and having us back. We're so happy to be back. Of course. Um, but yes, I'm Jess, Jess Corello. I have two daughters. Adeline is three and Charlie is six. I live in Short Hills, New Jersey. And in 2020, I was thrust into the disability parenthood sphere after a birth diagnosis where my youngest was diagnosed with Down syndrome upon her birth. Uh, and what started as a very traumatic and overwhelming birth experience has blossomed into a beautiful life of advocacy and just hope. Uh, so much so that when I connected with Taryn, who I like to call my first community member, <laughs> she held faith for me and really understood exactly what I was going through. So my parents, my friends, uh, even you know professionals, they were trying to be there for me and listen to me and support me. They weren't a parent to a child with a disability. And they, even if they were, they weren't on the same exact what, like path. And Taryn and I were only a few months behind each other and were really doing exactly the same things. And so we were able to connect in a way that no one else could be there for me. So we thought to ourselves, maybe we should try to copy-paste this in a bigger way and expand our reach and advocacy. So we just started Extra Lucky Moms as a blog. And it caught fire, and people were so excited. We don't just represent Down syndrome. We share stories of resilience and hope from the entire disability community. We wanted to be as inclusive as possible with our storytelling. And um, I'll let Taryn you know, introduce herself and then tell what happened after we launched. <laughs> I could go on and on. I'm Taryn Laganegro. I'm mom to four girls from New Jersey. Uh, my oldest is 12. I have a 10-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 3-and-a-half-year-old. Um, my 3-and-a-half-year-old is the one who has Down syndrome. Um, she was born in March 2020. We did have a heads up. We had a prenatal diagnosis when I was about 13 weeks pregnant um, and a subsequent heart diagnosis. So she needed heart surgery when she was two months old, which we knew very early on in the pregnancy as well. So um, we had a lot of time to prepare, but, you know, the same thing happens, you you know, you go through those grief stages, you go through the, um, you know, feeling overwhelmed. And 
I mean, you still feel, you still go through the feelings of overwhelm. That doesn't ever go away, but, um, no. you know, something goes. But in the beginning, it can be very, very dark, um, until you do find community. And when you do find community, um, a lot of times that starts to change. That was why we wanted to do this. Um, and I think what's really, you know, set us apart and had some of these things that have happened to us happen, um, is because we didn't want to create a silo in, in the disability community where we're only talking about Down syndrome or, you know, various things. We wanted to really celebrate everything because um, I might not walk in the shoes of somebody whose child has a rare diagnosis, let's say, but um, we have so many similarities and we can still have community with each other and still understand the hard things, understand the celebrations and all of those things. So I really think it's what um, has, you know, drawn attention to ELM is that we're really kind of talking the talk and walking the walk of inclusion because, you know, everybody's welcome. Um, we have people who are like, oh, my child only has, yeah, I'm using air quotes, only has this, uh, you know, I don't know if I, and we're like, come here, what? A, just come, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I have three typical children and they all have something, they all have something that, you know, that um, requires more of me at, at a certain time of, of life than other times. Uh, you know, so parenthood is not a simple linear journey. It's, you know, there's a lot of different things. So we celebrate all of that. Um, what what really kind of got crazy for us is we got some national press uh, through the Today Show in uh, a, a little over a year ago. Um, and we had already started working on our book. But what happened with the Today Show is that then we had a lot of other people, a lot more people reaching out who wanted to be a part of the book, which was amazing because it really allowed us to have more disabilities represented, more, um, you know, just different stories, different, um, different, you know, even there's a lot of people that, you know, we have some disabilities that are re represented multiple times in the book. However, none of the stories are the same. Um, so that was what was really cool. And then, you know, the book launched in the spring. And it launched really nicely and big in, in the community. And what we've been focusing on over the last couple of months is now getting to that next level of getting it into the medical world and making sure that it's available for the people who need it. Because we knew our community would enjoy it already, you know, hearing the stories and um, seeing themselves represented in some piece of it. You know, we kind of knew that that would resonate. However, we want it to be there for the mom who was scared like we were. So that he has that hope along with all of the medical information. And we also do hope that people in the medical community themselves will read it and maybe just have a slightly different perspective um, or maybe bring just a little bit more empathy to something, um, something, give them something else to think about that maybe they didn't think about before. You know, medical professionals are wonderful. We, we've, we've had so many great experiences between the two of us. However, it is, it is nice when there's a different level of understanding, um, you know, that, that can be there. So, um, and then, you know, the other big area of our business is the corporate stuff because we've become, become really passionate as two working moms ourselves in, you know, changing that narrative of the parent burnout, the parents who feel like they can't keep their career because they have a child with a disability. And, um, there's so many layers to that. We're, we're very, um, careful about not simplifying it because there's a lot of different factors that come into play for people 
Um, but we know that there are a lot of parents out there who do want to be able to remain successful in their career because it fulfills a side of them that they need. And, um, you know, the burnout rate is really high uh, for parents. Um, and a lot of it is just around there needing to be some understanding between manager and employee, um, between the corporation as a whole, just creating more awareness and more advocacy in the corporate world um, will only help everything, right? Help the parents. It also just helps, you know, make the world a little bit smaller, make us all understand each other a little bit better. Um, so yeah, that's been another um, growing thing of ours that we hope 2024 will be even bigger for. Yeah. I mean, and that's, it's so many different things and also so impactful. And I agree completely that a big thing that set you guys apart from other organizations is you are all inclusive and I'm, I'm not a mom, but I can only assume that any mom wants to feel connected to other moms, whether they have a child with disability or not. But especially if you have a child with a disability, all you guys are saying is come be a part of us. And it's also yeah. making you guys more of an expert in your field and not right. just that Down syndrome, which is oh, yeah. amazing. I learn well, something I new that's... every day in this world. Like, I know. I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't know that that existed. And I didn't know much about, I don't know, almost not. I knew almost nothing about Down syndrome before I had a child with Down syndrome. And I still don't claim to be an expert. I, I'm a mom to a three-year-old with Down syndrome. I don't know what it's like to parent an adult uh, or a teenager or I don't know all of that yet. So it's not about being, you know, saying that you got it all figured out. It's about like, let's all learn together and grow together yeah. um, and, and hold space for each other and also just um, give people the space to learn. You know, a lot of a lot of advocacy sometimes looks like you're doing it wrong and this is the only right way. And that's not that's not the case. Um, we, you know, I always say four years ago, I would have said everything wrong because <laughs> I didn't right. know. Uh, I'll still say things wrong, I'm sure. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some point where I'll say something and I'll be like, oh, my God, I, you know, I hate the way I said that or I hate the way it sounded uh, or I hope I didn't offend somebody. But, you know, all, all that I would hope is that somebody would, you know, give me the space to make that mistake and um, correct and learn and go forward, you know. So that's what we try to do as well. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tag on to that because I think what we have been good at is listening to the community and responding. You know, we really started this, I said this even on the Today Show, it was like, it was kind of selfish because we wanted to meet more moms <laughs> and families. And then it turned into something so much more than just connection. And we started to really get feedback from people and we started learning and, and understanding you know, different diagnoses and the the law in different states and what early intervention looks like in different places and how to advocate for your child in an IEP meeting, like all of the things that we have been able to learn through our community members has been invaluable. And it inspired us to never, um, you know, charge our community for those, that knowledge because of what we talked about, the burnout rate in corporate and this, you know, perpetual poverty cycle and disability spaces and all the terrible laws about income and revenue for those that are disabled. I could go on and on. So it was really important for us to figure out how we could have a revenue stream for our business so that we could always provide free resources, community support, and, you know, all that goes into it. So it took time. We actually hired someone this summer named Kim. 
um, Rylan, and she, you know, we had gotten to the place where we were like, okay, we have to figure out how we can, you know, turn keep the lights on and have a thriving business, but not sacrifice our community. And that was a tough thing, but we knew that if we invested in a business coach, that it would be, you know, worthwhile. And we can't scream her praises higher. You know, she really helped us figure out the pillars of our business. And she helped us stay true to the core of the why, which was, you know, what I just explained. And then she helped us figure out, you know, you have a really big corporate opportunity here. And we had done a few talks by that point, but we hadn't really necessarily thought that it would be something that could really blow up. And then it really has. And she's helped us streamline that business, helped us with sales, helped us with email flow, marketing. And we also come from, you know, corporate backgrounds. I was in marketing and uh, fashion for a very long time. Uh, Taryn was a VP at a technology firm. We both have a lot of corporate experience. And so tapping into both of those skill sets, I think, you know, realizing this could actually be an exciting business venture while also helping the community was where we sort of took off. And now we're really excited to keep growing and, you know, have more things roll out as we continue maybe another book or something we'll see (laughs) our podcast um you know well we're trying to slow down here but (laughs) one day at a time but um it's been it's been amazing i i've met more people through xyq moms that have made you know stamps on my heart than in any part of my life and at the end of the day all i've ever wanted to do is serve my child and be there for her as best that I can be because she provides so much to my life and those around her and you know even just hearing one mom dm me and say wow like you know seeing Adeline really has changed my perspective on disability you know as as Taryn said I I was the same I was very ignorant to disability wasn't anything I had experienced in my entire life really I had no touch point. And so when she was born, I was so scared. I, I just felt like, oh, great. My life is over. This is awful. I loved her, but this was just such new territory. And then as I got to know her, got to know the community, I realized how wrong I was. And I committed my life to spreading the joy of disability parenthood because of how ignorant I was. And um, I, I love when people that have followed me for a while or a friend of mine will say, like, you've completely changed my perspective on disability. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's working. Um, so it's been it's been really nice to stay true to our roots and why the why behind us, and also be able to really you know make change as well as support our business. So it's been a crazy, crazy time. Yeah. <laughs> to look back, I gotta listen to our first episode now. <laughs> it's 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 definitely a totally different place from where you guys are now. And for me, as a former educator. It just makes sense that now you're doing all these corporate talks and you're talking to the people that need to hear it. You have your community and that's not going to stop growing. And now you have all these resources from your community that, yeah, you got to take that to the people in the hospitals, the educators, everyone who might know a little bit about these disabilities. But even for me as a teacher, I only knew about Down syndrome because I had a neighbor growing up who had Down syndrome. So I saw him almost every day of my life. And that's who I learned it from. Mm -hmm. So I knew that he was capable of doing things. I knew that we might have had different ways of communicating. But he was still able to do all these different amazing things. 
but most people don't know that. And what a shift also for both of you as parents where you're being told pre-birth that you're going to have a daughter who's going to live with Down syndrome, then you have a daughter and find out then. And what a shift in the perspective now of being so scared. And I'm yeah. sure you guys are still scared, as you guys said. You're still parents of, of young kiddos. Yeah. So you don't know necessarily what the future is going to hold. But you guys are shaping them to have a future. And for you guys not to necessarily fear that they can't do anything. They can't right. live. They can't have jobs. They can't just be beautiful humans in this world. So you guys have Yeah, it, it was always so important to me. I remember when Addie was born... Um, I used to model, and so I know the industry, but the, the industry when I was young was very toxic, and so um, I had never considered getting my kids into modeling as a parent, but I kept going to, like, appointments. The doctors would be like, she is so cute. Have you ever thought about modeling, though? I know they said the same thing about Rhea. Karen's just sitting on a gold mine over here. Um, but <laughs> but um, I kept hearing from people that she was so cute, and then I thought about it, and started seeing this girl named Sophia Sanchez, uh, who started making waves in the modeling world. And I remember I got like an old Navy flyer in the mail and I saw her on it and I just got this idea. And I was like, okay, this is a sign that I should just put my feelers out there. So I actually reached out to one of my close friends, Bree, um, Kegel, she's amazing. They should follow And she connected me with her agency. She's a model and a fitness model and all that stuff. Now she's going to be an attorney. This woman, I'll tell you. Anyway, she connected me with him, and he was like, I don't actually represent kids, but you should reach out to this New York model's place. Fast forward, she gets, you know, signed by them, and I had to convince my husband, though, because he was like, no way. Like, this is not, I, you know, we're not going to be modeling, and I was like, you have to understand that Adeline, we don't know how capable she's going to be. We know we're going to give her every opportunity, but we don't know what's in store. Let's give her an opportunity to try something that she might enjoy. And maybe she can, you know, like right now she has money in her little trust because of her modeling that she does. And that will aid in her her life as a young adult when she ages out of the system. So I try, I like basically gave him my whole pitch and he was like, okay, fine. And then she booked, you know, her first thing was for Bye Bye Baby and has been booking ever since. And it's been, you know, my favorite experience. First of all, she loves the camera. So <laughs> girlfriend loves it. But my favorite is when she's on set and people on set are completely shocked that she's the easiest kid. <laughs> she's the happiest, smiliest one. She is just thrilled to be there. And everyone, by the end of the day, is, like, in love with her. And they're in, completely, you know, changed in their assumptions about her and about Down syndrome and disability. And so, yes, it's helping Addie, but it's also changing, you know, other people's minds. And so I feel like, I don't really know why I started talking about that. <laughs> it's a valuable thing to like give our kids as many options and experiences as they can. And then of course, you know, shift and change as needed and readjust if it's not working. But I've always looked at Adeline as the same as her sister. You know, she should get as many opportunities as Charlie. You know, that they go to the same dance studio. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's just been important for me to advocate for the same as her older sister. Yeah. And I think that also is a testament that if Addie clearly loves modeling, that's something she can do until one day she's like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. Right. But she's making money that will help her in the future. She's learning social skills. She's learning following directions. Like there's so many different levels to it that it's not just she's yeah. sitting there in front of a camera. She's learning how to be with other people. And more so they're learning how to be with her 
am realizing that she's a normal kid. Like, yeah. you know, she's not, she's not something that you have to like, you know, they don't know. I feel like a lot of people, they don't necessarily know about yeah. Down syndrome. And so it's scary. Like mm-hmm. anything that's well, I feel like there's this, this stigma around, um, you know, normal versus not. And we, we really like to say, um, that there is no such thing as normal. Even within neurotypical individuals, we run the gamut. You know, I, I'm not your, I might be your average human, but I'm not your normal human. And I think for us leading with that and saying there is no normal, there's just kind of typical average, and then there's not, you know? <laughs> it's so, um, and, and, and I think it's important to recognize, like, we're all different. You know, Taryn and I run a business together, and a lot of the things that we do do co, you know, um, support each other. And we're both very creative, and uh, we both, you know, are, are good at what we do out there on social media. But I'm terrible at the math stuff. Taryn's amazing at it, and I, I need her to do that. She always loops me in, but like, it's not my skill set. And I think that that's what's allowed us to be successful in life is recognizing where we're good at, best, or best at things, where we're, we need some support and help. And I feel like I look at my kids the same way. You know, there's no no such thing as perfect, normal. It's all average and typical. And then the rest, we'll work around it and we'll figure it out, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I think that was something that, you know, when I was teaching, I did tell the parents, too, is they would start comparing their child to the other students. And I know how normal that is. But I would always say, like, it doesn't matter what that child is doing. It matters what right. your child is doing. How can we best support your child? How can we make sure they're okay for the future? The other child, they don't matter right now. It's it's right. all about your child. And even though you have two or four, like, it's still yeah. each individual child. You're catering sure. to what they need. Yeah. Every single one of my kids learns differently. They have different, like, one of my, my oldest, her strength is writing and reading and all that. And my second one, her strength is math. You know, so it's like, they all learn. You can't compare even siblings who have the same, you know, yeah, the no. same DNA. Like you, you know, it's just uh, they're all different. So well, and I recently, you know, we moved to new town, and the curriculum is really intense. And my oldest daughter is needing some intervention, and I remember being like, oh, oh gosh, I just like assumed she'd be fine because yeah. you know I have this little kid who has needs a lot of intervention and. Charlie's never showed any signs of having any learning, you know, differences or anything. And she's been struggling a little bit in school because it's very different. It's very intense. And, you know, that happened. And that was even another, like, oh, reset. Okay. I also remember Charlie's not just typical and going to be great at everything. She's also going to need support. And I love that she sees her sister needing support because for her, like, she gets excited that her tutor is coming. <laughs> you know, because we don't talk about it in a in a negative way. We think about it as a value, like you get to have extra learning time, you know, and, and we're going to, just like Addie does extra ther- therapies, and she's extra lucky, extra good in our family. Yeah. Um, so that's been, you know, it, it's, I'm constantly learning. We're always learning, and we're never, you know, I think one of the biggest takeaways from our talks and, and our messaging is that we are just sharing what we know, and we're open to learning, and we're not judgmental. We want people to ask questions. We want curiosity. You know, there's a beauty about children when they'll come up and say, you know, why is he in a wheelchair? And then that, you know, I remember before having Adeline, I would never have thought to ask someone that, but it's okay to ask. People want to talk about their kids. They want to talk about 
know, obviously there's a respectful way to do so, but ask. The more we know, the more we, you know, can advocate for those less fortunate and, and those that are going through harder times. And we just become more dynamic people the more that we, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think everything that you guys have done has been amazing. And I think the way you guys have also progressed, it seems so natural in every step. I feel like your community feels seen and validated. And as you're saying, like everyone who's part of your community wants to be there. Nobody's being forced to be there, but they want to because everyone gets to connect with everyone. And also all the kids, I'm sure, have one thing in common. Maybe not everything, but every child. So it's a really unique way for all these children to grow up, too. It's, It's not just your immediate group. You have all of these families. I get to have other people. I think that the thing that really bonds everyone and the reason that people stick around and resonate and stay with extra lucky moms is because we feel extra lucky to love these kids, truly. And, I, you know, in the beginning, I hadn't seen the extra luck yet. I had, I loved her, but I didn't see that I was extra lucky. And now I see it in spades. And, you know, unless you parent a person or you are a caregiver for someone or your sister or a brother or a, you know a best friend of someone with a disability you'll never get to experience the extra luckiness of that but there it's just the most beautiful thing and I get to live on this planet loving Adeline and living through her and watching her explore the world you know we were at Target yesterday and we're going through the Christmas aisles and the way that this kid is just so joyful in such a, you know, potentially kind of boring thing for her typical three-year-old friends, you know, that maybe they want a snack or whatever. But Addie just sees the joy, and we're so extra lucky for that. And I and also need to recognize that I, I'm not as, you know, I'm not, I'm, the, I'm, I'm extra lucky to have all the talents that I have. I don't have to work so hard as she does. It's, it's just all relative and, and beautiful. Sorry, Taryn, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, and, and, and it's not about that there's not hard parts of, of all of this, you know? Like, it's not about that um, there's not days where you're like, you know, be, feeling extra lucky isn't about not being able to acknowledge what's hard, too, you know? 100%. And, and we say that all the time. Like, there's so much authenticity in the in the people that share on our blog because there there are hard days. There's really heavy times. Um, but I think, like, when you, you know, when you're a part of this community, there's, it, it doesn't matter if you can never walk or maybe you never talk or what whatever it is, um, there's still so much that you can contribute to this world um, and that, you know, in ways that you can make somebody's day better just by being a part of it. And that's what's like, that's what's really cool about it is I don't, I don't look at, at somebody and look at what they don't have anymore. And I think that's what I used to do. Um, but I just think of what they've, you know, what beauty they're, they're giving to this world, despite what they can't do or what they aren't doing yet or whatever, right, whatever yeah. it may be. You know, it's not about pity. It's about, you know, it's about looking for their strength beyond, you know, what we view as like what a typical person should be doing. You know, we well, can you should talk about your yoga um, studio and what you've done for the disability community. So I um, had a woman with Down syndrome graduate from my teacher training program. Um, 
And we started a sensory series class together where we have individuals with disabilities who, um, who take the class, uh, various disabilities. Um, and, you know, the first class, I, I was so nervous. I was honestly like, I hadn't been nervous teaching yoga in years ever since I got my own certification. Uh, and I was like a wreck that day. And my husband's like, <laughs> my husband's like what is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm just nervous. Like, I don't know what to expect. You know, I, um, like I said, I'm still new to this community. So I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. And at the end of the class, we had, uh, I had everybody go around and say something that they were grateful for, because it's just one of my favorite things to do. And the last person uh, is, is this gentleman. Um, and he, uh, he said, I am, I just wake up every day and I'm grateful to be alive. And I was like, oh, can you just, <laughs> just remind me of that every day? Call me around, please. <laughs> please. Because like, look, I mean, I'm like, it's easy to get caught up in, in what's not going right in your life. Right. And here is this person that somebody, other people might think is, you know, is not, um, on their level, on not, you know, capable, not whatever. And he wakes up every day feeling grateful to be alive. And it's just, we have so much to learn from each other in general. Um, but I just, that was when I was like, oh my gosh, like, what are we like? We're all, so most of us are probably just getting it wrong. <laughs> like, I know, right? This guy's getting it right here. Um, you know, so. We, it, we practice what we preach. You know, Taryn yeah. saw this opportunity and, and you're, you're certified as well, right? So people can go to your studio. And I forget what the certification is called. Well, we're a vendor with New Jersey Department of Developmental Disabilities. It's always D, D, D. It's hard to get the D yeah. down. Um, so meaning that people with disabilities who are on limited incomes can actually use their, their funding to pay for classes. Because I truly believe, like yoga saved me years and years and years ago um, from a mental health side. Um this is another rabbit hole I can go down, but you know, <laughs> mental health in the disability community is, is tough for especially adults. Um, and there's such limited services. It's, you know, mental health is a whole stigma to begin with, right? And something that people push down and push down. And when you have an intellectual disability, people think it's even less important that you work on your mental health. So, um, to me, like the physical and mental aspects of yoga is, um, it's such a, it's such a non, um, it's such a low impact way to, to exercise, you know, it's, uh, there's a way that everybody can do yoga, even somebody in a wheelchair can do yoga, you know, so um, it was really important to me to be able to provide a space for people to get that because I believe in, you know, the, the healing power that it has from a mental health side. So, um, so yeah, and, and again, like people who don't have a lot of opportunity for employment don't, you know, can't just like necessarily go and get a yoga membership so that was why I had wanted to you know make sure that it was an accessible way that people could pay for that so so proud of all that you've done in that regard it's amazing and also you know one day our girls will get their certification That's and be teaching plan. In your studio. I'm, you know, I'm forcing that on all of my children and they're like okay. <laughs> so I don't know um, no, but I, I think it's so important to practice what you preach. This summer, Adeline and I, we went to a pool club, and there was a young man named John who I could see, could, I could have, I assumed he had a disability. I didn't know him. Uh, and come to find out he had apraxia uh, of speech, which is a diagnosis where the, kind of the neurons don't fire up to your mouth. So it's, you know, a lot of speech therapy and difficulty with speech. Um, but anyway, 
next thing I know, John is showing up to the pool every day and waiting for us to come and playing with Adeline in the water. And honestly, it was such a help to me because <laughs> I was, you know, chasing my toddler around or in the pool and I was just thrilled. And so I asked him one day if he'd be willing to be my mother's helper. He basically already was. I was like, but I can pay you. So that started this summer. And then when the summer ended, John texted me and reached out and asked, you know, if you ever need help at home. And it has been an incredible addition to our family. John comes over and helps me with Addie and, and Charlie once or twice a week. He is incredibly capable, a very smart young man, and has been stunted in his life because of assumptions from other people, you know. And we talk every time I'm with him about this experience. And so it's so important for me to give John an equal opportunity as somebody else. Obviously, I have to make adjustments. I am not going to leave him, you know, alone with Adeline right now, but he's with me and he's helping me and he's a, he's a wonderful addition. Um, but it's not something I would have ever considered having someone with a disability help me with my kid before I had this platform and before I had Adeline. So it's so exciting to sort of look back and see how not only our lives have changed, but our perspectives have changed. Mm-hmm. So it's been a beautiful journey. And I know just that you also posted on TikTok about John coming to help you. And I think I had written down, I'm curious, um, have you spoken to John's mom at all or his caregivers at all? Yes. And like what, yes. what this whole story means to them? Yeah, they actually came over yesterday because John, stinker, he decided he was going to collect our mail. And I said, John, while we were gone for Thanksgiving, I said, John, you do not need to do that. You know, and he's like, no, I'm doing it. And he would come over every day and get my mail. So he texted me when we got back. He's like, I got your mail. When can I come by? I'm like, no, I'm coming to you. Like, you stay still. <laughs> and he said, already on my way. I mean, this, he's the sweetest young man. But his mom and sister came, uh, and I've met them a bunch of times. We were members of the same club. But his mom, I think, uh, and I'm not going to speak for her, uh, however, from our experience together, is she's so grateful that someone is giving him a chance. And uh, she also sees the impact that our family has on John. You know, John thanks us a lot about uh, having him in our home. And also, you know, we love John. John's now really become kind of a part of the family. And we ha- I have a personal friendship with John. He also has a personal little relationship with my girls. And so it's mutually so impactful and beneficial. And so I think his family is just really grateful that uh, he's had this connection. You know, John's been through a lot and he deserves this. And we're happy to, to provide a, another safe space for him to to grow and learn and advocate for himself as well. So, you know, we're having them over actually this um, in the next few weeks for a family dinner just so we can all sit down and really get to know each other because we've only met like in kind of passing, but I really, really want to invest in his family because John is only an amazing family with John kind of. So, <laughs> I mean, you guys are connecting with so many people and changing lives for the better and I, I, I'm sure in the beginning when you started Expert Lefty Moms, you had hopes of all these things happening, but maybe it was so far-fetched that it, it didn't seem like it could be a reality. Yeah. But it, it is. Yeah. I don't think I ever even went certain ways in my mind. I think I just started right. starting a little cute little Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Not so little anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, like, I didn't, I, you know, we're sort of, a lot of this can be in uncharted territory, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean that like a, we're, you know, we're in uncharted waters, you know, but we, I don't think we really 
new and we've kind of just been following the lead in the community and also just following what we see as gaps like and I'm sure it'll continue to evolve over the years um I'm sure when we have teenagers there'll be a lot to unpack there and we'll be like wait this this will need to be fixed like you know We're just like, sometimes I have to dial myself down. Like, Karen, you can't fix all the problems in the same year. Like, you have to take it one step at a time. So, you know, we're learning as we go and kind of pivoting as as, as necessary, you know. Yeah, I love it. Well, I, I've told you guys for a long time. I want, I want to say one more. Well, I want to ask one more question. What has been the most impactful thing of being a parent to Addie and Rhea? Yeah, ending with a big one. Um, <laughs> Go first. After sort of what I touched on before. I think I I used to look at disability as a gap, as a you know, as what a person didn't have and not what they have. And I think being able to look at people from a different lens it it helps me in all areas of my life. Like I said, my kids are all of my kids are good at different things. And I've kind of used that to be able to say, like, to help steer them in certain directions. Like, okay, if this is not your thing, if this doesn't bring you joy, if, if it's not your strength, like, focus on what is, you know. I have a kid who's not super into sports, and theater is, like, her life. And so I nurture I nurture that rather than saying, like, why isn't she into this, you know. Because um, I think we have so many things, like, it's so easy to get caught up in like what your kids should be doing and, and all of that. But um, being able to look at people for, for their strengths and nurturing that side of it and, and not saying like, Oh, that person can't do this, but you know what they can, you know, focusing on what they can do. Um, because at the end of the day, like someone doesn't have to do a certain thing to be able to be a valuable human, you know, human being in this world. So I think we've been getting it wrong for a lot of years, and that's what we're hoping to change. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I mean, I can't begin to even share what I've, you know, received because of Adeline's existence. However, I think just from, like, just a cellular level, the way that I love is just different. Um, the way that I look at the world is different. The way that I just want to help everyone is different. <laughs> The things that used to have importance in my life, they still do, but it's just less because now I live on a different plane of existence and I see the joy first. Just like Taryn said, I see the ability. I don't see the disability first. You know, I think sometimes I forget that Addie has Down syndrome and someone will come up to me at an airport and they'll be like, my brother has Down syndrome. And I'm like, okay, why are you saying that? Oh, right. Because you can see, I just forget like she has Down syndrome because it's the like least exciting thing about her, you know. The, the, she's the she's so much more than her diagnosis. And watching Adeline grow and have a personality come out, and you know, it it makes me see those things in others first. Um. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Hey everyone, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. As promised, I have some extremely exciting news. At the start of 2024, I launched my own media company called Sprouting Productions, 
And the first podcast I'll be producing is for Jess and Taryn and their organization, ELM. I've always wanted to create a podcast for them and their organization, and I'm so grateful that they're trusting me with this. Their podcast is called The Extra Lucky Podcast. It will be launching in spring of 2024. We are already getting started on recording episodes, editing them. I hope you guys will go follow them on all their social media platforms, which you can find in the show notes, as well as the website for Strider Productions. If you yourself are wanting to start a podcast and you just don't even know where to start, I'm offering a free 30-minute consultation where we can talk about your ideas, what podcasting entails, and see if it's right for you. Again, thank you for all of your support. Couldn't be here without all of you, and I hope you'll tune in when the Extra Lucky podcast launches in spring of 2024. Have a great day, everyone.